This is episode number 66 with Lori A. Watkins. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the American Snippets podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Uh, again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor, lifestyle entrepreneur, and the co-host here, along with my partner, Gold Star wife, author, and speaker, Barbara Allen. Uh, now, a little housekeeping before we get started. I bring this uh, bring this up on each and every episode, uh, and it's about just leaving this review and helping us get our message out there. Uh, look, Barb and I love the work that we do here at American Snippets, and again, it's our mission to spread positivity, possibility, and patriotism across this country. There is so much negativity out there right now, um, and we we take it upon ourselves to do our part, our responsibility to you know, spread as much positivity as we can, and we do that through our stories and the guests that we he- have here on the show. So if you believe in this mission, you enjoy our work, and you want to do your part to help us out, and help us spread this message too, then please tell a friend what we're doing here uh, and take the time just to head on over to iTunes and and leave us a review. Uh, So if you're an Apple user, you have an iPhone or an iPad, just head on over to your podcast app and subscribe and leave us a review. Tell us what you thought about the show, what you think of the show. Um, If you're not an iTunes user or an uh, an Apple user, uh, you have Android or something like that, you can easily uh, subscribe and leave us a review on another podcast app that you might have, like Google Podcasts. You can use Spotify uh, and also iHeartRadio. Again, reviews are such an important piece in getting our message out there and getting our stories in front of more listeners. So again, please leave us a review, subscribe, tell a friend what we're doing here, and tell us what you think of the show. Uh, we would be very grateful if you did. So on to today's guest. Um, our guest today is Lori A. Watkins. Lori is a author, speaker, and a personal and corporate coach who works on balancing wellness with success. And she had her own experience with burnout after working as a political director in Barack Obama's presidential campaign. And that left Lori determined to never have to experience that burnout again. In fact, she was so concerned about losing the wealth and uh, the health and wellness that she worked so hard to regain uh, that she turned down the invitation to work on President Obama's second campaign. So what did she do instead? Well, Lori doubled down on her own health and wellness. Uh, And soon after, she returned to the campaign trail, and she also began teaching others how to manage a demanding career while also maintaining their own health and well-being. Uh, today, Lori is the crea- creator of courses focused on going from stress to strong in life. She's a published author, and she works with indiv- individuals seeking to restore their own healthy lifestyles. Lori also works with corporations and teaches them the benefits of encouraging the well-being of their employees. Uh, we're very grateful that Lori took the time to be on today's show. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Lori A. Watkins. Hi there, it's Barb Allen, your co-host of American Snippets. Welcome back to another episode. I need everybody out there to listen up. I am talking to you, that person who works your butt off and you still feel like you cannot get ahead, or maybe you're just simply exhausted. You get sick a lot, maybe you packed on some extra pounds, or even climbing up the flight of stairs, even a short little flight of stairs, seems like a huge effort all of a sudden. Maybe you have a career that is super demanding, your job owns you, 
and the idea of personal time is about as likely as a leprechaun showing up on your doorstep. Today's guest knows exactly what you are talking about. She knows how to turn it all into memory because she's lived it, she's learned it, and she's surrounded herself with influential people who've done the same. Lori Watkins has worked on not one, but two presidential campaigns. She's reported to the Pentagon for work, and she has traveled the globe for professional and personal pursuits. Once upon a time, she too was burnt out like so many of us are today, to the brink of no return. And it took several significant instances in her own life for her to realize that she was actually in charge of her own well-being and find that strength to make those changes she needed to make. Today, Lori is an author, an entrepreneur, and a highly respected coach and consultant for individuals and companies seeking to balance professional and personal fulfillment and success. She's here with us now sharing her own personal story, professional insight, and how you too can take action in your own life from small steps to bold moves so you can start feeling better, performing better, and burn your burnout away. Listen up today as Lori Watkins takes us into how you can go from being stressed to strong. We are so happy to have you here today, Lori. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thank you, Barb, for having me, and thank you to American Snippets. Yeah, so I got to meet you a couple months back when we both spoke at a conference, the Military Transition Network and Vetted's a conference for a strategy and success summit for veterans. What you had to say, I think, is such an important topic and an often overlooked topic, and I'm so glad that you were able to share that and present it with that specific audience there. Uh, and I'm super excited that we were able to follow up and have you on the show. So if you can, can you just take us back? I, I love, I have your book here, and we're going to talk a lot about that and send people to your website. I'm going to pop it up here, um, and we're going to send people to the site where they can get it and go into all of that later. I got to read that book. I just finished it up, the last chapter, early this morning, so it's fresh in my mind. But I like books that kind of grab you first and have a message first. And one of the first things that you do is you just get right into it. You're like, look, you're not burnt out because you're weak. You're burnt out because you've been strong for so long. And then you go on to talk about, like very openly talk about how you're 28 years old. I have to read this because it's so brutally honest, and I love it. You talk about how you were worn out, beat down, depressed, unhealthy, slightly overweight, horrible complexion, gray hairs at 28, a binge drinker, occasional stress smoker, single and unemployed at 28 years old. Wow. That is some brutal. <laughs> yeah, right. But I love that you just laid it all out there in the book. And so, and I wanted to lay that out there as well, because there's going to be a lot of people listening in all different levels of their life or stages of their life. And there's going to be plenty of people who are 100% exactly where you were. And I wanted to make sure they know that they are not alone and that someone like you has been there. We've all been there and how you can walk them through it. Can you talk to us a little bit? What was it that led you to that place at your life at just 28 years old? So I was... Uh working as the deputy political director for the entire state of Florida for Barack Obama. Um, at the time, there was 14, 15 million people. The state also hadn't been turned blue in like 26 years. So, you know, uh, yeah. as a team, we were told we couldn't do it, that it was too hard. And so while we worked hard, we pushed ourselves even farther. And that happened to everybody that I worked around. And when you're in a, an environment like that, I think it's easy for help people 
and your environment to help keep you going and to help keep you at that high level and that high bar that you maybe set for yourself and that others set for themselves and you, but you just keep going. And sometimes people break. <laughs> sometimes people don't. There's invisible wounds, if you will. But for me, um, it was a, I had been suppressing all the um, emotional, you know, triggers and things and just keep going, keep going. We're almost there. But a physical thing happened and then I was driving my car <laughs> to across Alligator Alley and uh, to go pick up Caroline Kennedy. And I had this really sharp pain in my stomach and I almost like, went off the road and crashed my car. And I realized where that pain was coming from when I you know, sat there and was like, what? What's happening? Why am I feeling this way? It's because I hadn't eaten anything but like a cinnamon brown sugar pop tart and like eight cups of coffee all day long. Wow. And that was my fuel. And so here I was um, about to pick up a very highly respected, important person to American history. And I could have injured myself, her, and it could have been a different story. That was a wake up call for me, but I necessar didn't necessarily start my new transition the next day. It took um, several months afterwards to um, finally have that that motivation and drive and another almost wake up call to finally start with taking actionable measures to change my life. Yeah. So when something like that happens and you had that step and I love again that you share and you just come right out and say even that didn't stop me. Right. That's a scary moment and a potentially serious situation. But um, another thing people can beat themselves up for sometimes is that, look, all these signs were there. This warning sign happened, that sign, and I still didn't learn, you know, and then they just instead of saying getting down the road later saying, look, I didn't listen then, but now I'm going to listen. They just feed into that negative connotation about themselves. Well, I didn't listen. I'll never listen and use that as an excuse to kind of plummet further. So what was it that a few months down the road had you saying, okay, now this is actually enough. Yeah. So I started working in the Pentagon. <laughs> so I, I went from one job into the next, you know, um, the wake up call happened. I knew I needed to make a change. Um, people around me had started to make a change, you know, uh, they started to lose weight or go into new jobs and whatnot. And I really wanted to <laughs> avoid that, that second instance. So I thought about what I would do physically to start um, exercising differently because I used to always just run. Um, and a colleague of mine, a female colleague, uh, one of the first people that I met in the Pentagon, she asked me to go downstairs to the Pentagon Athletic Center to go work out one morning. And I had no idea what it was going to be like. Went downstairs. It was extremely intimidating. I think we were two of maybe four women, period, wow. down, in the, down in the pack. And we did a workout, and I remember this was in 2010, so it was um, kind of when CrossFit was just getting on the scene. Um, there was a the workout of the day, the wads used to be just posted on a piece of paper on the wall for people, you know, in the Pentagon Athletic Center to use. So every morning someone would put that up there. So she's like, we're going to tackle this. And first of all, it looked incredibly difficult and hard. And I was like, all right, we'll do it. But the whole time I couldn't get into the workout. Why? because I was too in here, because uh, there were people I felt, I felt, I was internalizing, internalizing this, probably being a little paranoid, but I felt uncomfortable because I felt like everybody was staring at us, because we were women, also because I didn't think I knew what I was doing, 
And she said something to me that was pretty profound that I didn't realize at the time, but a couple weeks later, it really stayed with me. And it kind of became the theme of my book, Go From Stress to Strong. And it's about respect, self-respect. No matter what, <laughs> self-care is showing yourself respect and showing yourself love. We show love and respect to everybody around us, especially in the military, selfless service. And sometimes the last person we think of taking care of is ourselves. So uh, she said to me, they may be looking worried. They're, they're probably never going to stop looking. But I guarantee you that they respect the hell out of us for being down here at 6 o'clock in the morning and working out. And I, I thought about it, and I just kind of let it go. And then a couple weeks later, I thought about her words, and it stayed with me like, wow, it's not just men respecting women or women. It's about respect. Seeing somebody taking care of themselves is not a sign of selfishness. <laughs> this is coming from the military, right? Generals. She was right. saying this about a group of people, a group of men that were strong, that were powerful. There were all the things that stereotypes could um, attach themselves to this group of men, right? Yeah. So it was very interesting. So that's kind of uh, what started it all for me was self-respect, having that, then joining a CrossFit gym, and then from there, four other aspects of my life, time management, stress management, diet, and sleep all came into play just from one thing, which was starting to exercise. Yeah, like an awesome ripple effect. And you talk about all of these in, in your book. So two things there, you talked about uh, taking care of yourself and and the uh, CrossFit. So I want to get into both of those because you don't, throughout your book, another concept you like, and, and I think this is going to be true in particular for women, I think, who tend to kind of, and this isn't like a, a bash on men or whatever, but women are sort of taught, like they're the more maternal, nurturing ones, especially if you have children, there's a lot of guilt involved, right? And you always feel like, well, you should be putting your children first. You should be putting your family first. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And a lot of it, and especially with the pressure out there on social media today to be these perfect parents, right? Who have their kids going to this activity, that activity, and you're doing three jobs and you're the head of the PTO, blah, blah, blah. And there's no time for yourself. So I... I want to keep harping on this and maybe we'll bring it up a couple times because repetition is key. You talk about how you guarded your time and how, and how that, yeah. And how that was challenged several times in your oh, career. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, I want to read the very first thing in the book, yeah. which is I dedicate the book to all those who continue to put themselves, everything and everyone else before yeah. you, this book was written for you. May you live consciously and deliberately, never allowing anyone or anything to come in between your ultimate health and happiness, even yourself. Okay. So I want to, that goes on your theme of, of, yeah, not feeling guilty and being, self-care is being strong. So uh, I, I was tested a few times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was tested a few times. One, I write about in the book. And I don't, I choose not to name him specifically because I don't want to give yeah, him Yeah, nothing good can come of that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. no, he was, uh, I call him the office bully because he absolutely yes. was. He terrorized people for sure. Uh, he, um, he tried to thwart my workouts. So for, for folks, you know, listening, watching, when you, maybe you're in a situation at work or, or in an organization that you belong to where somebody, um, is like always seems to have it out for you, right? Mm -hmm. And they're successful sometimes because why? 
because they know your pressure points. They know what you're passionate about, what you care about. For some people, maybe it's your kids. So they try to get in between you and the time you spend outside of work. Maybe it's a workout. So for me, that was my, that was my medicine every day. That's what I yeah. needed to, to get through stress and just be who I wanted to be and be a good person and feel healthy and good. And he knew that. And if he knew that I, for some reason, because we had an early morning call and there was no way I could go to the gym at six, that I was going to go later, he would try to do every single thing to um, just throw up you know, roadblocks in front of that. Scheduling something, throw, um, putting a meeting on the calendar as he saw me like leaving to go out the door. The worst was um, he physically came out of his office and I guess realized that he hadn't set up a meeting or something to get me to stay. And I'm leaving and I have my gym bag and he follows me out the door and he said, you can't leave. We have, and he started yelling about something. And I turned around and said, I'm going to the gym. And it was the last class of the day and I was already about to like break or something else yeah. that was happening, a deadline. And he said, you're not going. If you go, <laughs> if you go, I'm going to fire you. And I said, I turned back around and I looked him dead in his face and I almost like laughed because I couldn't believe that he had threatened me in this way right. with my job. And I said, go right ahead. I said, I'm going to the gym. You're not going to stop me. See you later. I'll be back later. And I like, I said, you know how to reach me. And I walked out. I was always accessible. I had like three phones, I think. So there was no excuse. Right. And I did what I had to do. And no, I didn't get fired the next day or when I came back to the office. And that's the point is I think you have to really, um, you have to guard your time and covet it like you would anything else. And yeah, if you're a mom, right. I'm not a mom yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope to be, but that's how I felt in that moment. Right was I felt like maybe mothers do, <laughs> um, working moms, that's, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I just felt that I had to be protective of that. And other people, the, the I didn't realize at the time, but other people around me, whether they were my subordinates or colleagues around, they saw that entire interaction. They saw him and his behavior. Right. They saw how petty it was. They saw what he was mad about. They saw that I stood up for myself and why. It wasn't because I was going to screw around or do something, right. you know, it was to take care of myself. And that like set a tone. I also like brought a, a massage therapist that I had for myself into the office. I saw that. I was going to ask you about that. I think that's <laughs> awesome. This innovative idea. So go ahead. Yeah. So after, you know, you work out a lot, you get mm -hmm. sore, your muscles get tight, whatever. And um, I, when I worked in DC, I had become accustomed to taking care of myself in that way and going once a month usually to just relieve tension and stress. And so I found a person in Tampa. And so I just thought one day people started getting sick. People started just going off on one another, getting the pressure started getting to them. And I thought, what would I have to do to get this woman in here? So I went to our state director and I asked her and she kind of laughed and like, brushed it off like thought it was a joke. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Let's do this. You can totally be your idea. I don't care. I just want these people to have 15, 20 minutes of peacefulness of quiet. And she's like, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to have anything to do with this. You set it up. It better not turn into, you know, an issue or a circus. Just yeah. do it and let's see what happens. Great. So I set up, uh, I sent out an email and within like five minutes, all the slots are booked. This woman, Emily came in, 
and um, did um, she did chair massages, but in a conference room that no one was in. It was quiet. She brought a CD player with, uh, yeah, CD player with Zen <laughs> music, and she had lavender smell, you know, scents yeah. going on in a diffuser and the whole thing, and it was 20 minutes. And she was booked the entire time. And I came back, you know, I sat down at my desk as one of the last people to go. And I had a line of people at my desk telling me thank you. And I, and I said, no problem. They're like, you don't understand. I didn't realize how much I needed that until after it was over. And I felt like a completely different person. And it was only 20 minutes. And they were also thankful because somebody, it didn't need to be me, but they, somebody had showed them respect. Mm-hmm. showed them that it was okay for them to respect themselves and to take care of themselves. And that happened in the workplace. And so it, it seemed like something small at the time, but it definitely had those ripple effects that you were talking about. So um, I'm pretty proud of that because some people came up to me and said that was the first time they had ever had a person touch them or a massage in their life. And their first exposure was a chair massage. Um, we sometimes take for granted those of us who do um, well at our self-care, right? But there are a lot of people who feel they can't afford it. Yeah. They feel that it's out of their reach. And I hope to also provide that to people and letting them know that it's achievable. It's There's ways for us all to, to have that. Yeah, so there are a lot of little nuggets in that one story. And I love this, how little stories in people's lives, when you kind of peel them apart, just have so many layers, right? So... In there, you talked about the importance of standing up for yourself and, and believing in yourself and where you could have used that bully's uh, you know, behavior as an excuse to say, oh, well, I guess I don't have to go work out today. And you're like, oh, thank God, you know, secretly not wanted to. You're like, no, disciplined and committed and saying, I'm going to do this at all costs. And this is what it is. And you're not taking that from me. And you did it in a respectful manner. So you set an example for other people. You set that example for yourself. And then calling in the masseuse, I mean, you have to get creative in the workforce and you have to have the confidence to do it. And sometimes it's not even how well versed you are or if you're passionate about something and you believe in it enough, and then like you, you have the information to back it up. People are going to pay attention and notice and follow and respect that. And then you maybe taught that boss, your superior there, something that she can carry into her leadership throughout the rest of her career. So, I mean, just that one move, if you actually stop and think about it, like how that one move impacted everybody in your office and people who didn't realize that, oh my gosh, that's a wake up call for them, right? Maybe all of those people, maybe a handful of those people started taking better care of themselves that day because you brought in a masseuse, right? And (laughs) and they'll carry that over. I mean, so when you think about that, impact and the potential for impact for one decision and one commitment, one move you make, what is the value of that in in doing that? What do you think would happen if you had never done that? If you had never brought in that masseuse that day? Um, I don't really want to want to think about it, but I will because you're asking me because I have thought about it. I'll be honest, but I don't. Yeah. It's almost like you don't want to think about it anymore because it had such a positive effect, but if it didn't, um, the reason why I did what I did when I did was because I have I have the tools now, like we were just talking about, and I can recognize yeah. very quickly in somebody now when they're at that threshold or at that point where 
they they most of the times are not aware of it themselves. They feel stressed and tired, but they don't know that they are on the verge of of um, breakdown, um, having you know burnout, or they're going to become aggressive in some way, either verbally, sometimes it's physically, sometimes it's with alcohol, whatever. But in the workplace, you can't. You have to act like professional adults, right. and you can't just go off on somebody, no matter if it's a presidential campaign or not. Just because some of them are operated like the Wild West doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, we are respectful to one another. So I saw people on the verge of, they were already starting to get um, unprofessional and use vulgar language. I saw that happening more and more. I saw people starting to get sick, being out of the office, not being able to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways. Um, you, you, you mentioned about, you know, our superior as a leadership lesson to her. She, I hope that she saw those positive things that you mentioned, but she also saw the positiveness that I, I sell this to companies and corporations, right? Your people, when they're happy and they're healthy, they are more productive. Yes. They will cost you less money. I hate to put it that way, but you want to we'll get down to brass tacks. Yeah. She saw that. This happened. These massages happened throughout the day, but they started maybe at noon and ended at like three or four. Most people go home at that time. We didn't anyway, but people stayed even longer than they normally did. They were staying until nine instead of six or seven, not because they felt they want, they had to, they wanted to, they were into what they were working on. They were, they were focused. They were more focused. They were more present. They weren't like checking their phone and then getting back to their work. They were actually enjoying why we were there doing what we were doing because they, that massage, let all that other crap go away. So you mentioned that you talk to companies and corporations about that now. Do they do they resist that idea when you pitch that to them or things like that? Or, you know, what is their initial response? Most of the time they're open to it, which is why they have somebody come in in the first place. But they just want to they want to understand how to make it. How can they make it work right. financially, um, sustainably to keep it going? Um, will the employees take ownership on their own to continue maybe a group, um, group mm-hmm. think, right? Like a program or a challenge and, and work together and sign up for races or walks or, you know, take their own initiative or some larger co- corporations, um, businesses bring somebody in maybe full time to keep that going. Um, there's a couple different models, but they usually want to know how can it <laughs> benefit yes. me, organization, yeah. my company, um, maybe make our health insurance costs go down, things like that, but also higher productivity. Are people out of the office? Are what's, what's the rate of return? So most of them are pretty open to it. Yeah. Which is a good trend to see. Yeah. Um, and companies are definitely taking notice companies that make food, <laughs> um, people that produce food, they're taking notice. So that's also just changing things. And when our food starts changing, I think it also starts changing culture. Yeah. Um, when people start to really focusing on what are they putting into their bodies and eating? Um, yeah, they want to work out more. They, you know, want to be active. They don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. They, you know, want to be, be better people, be healthier, um, and live longer because we have one life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to try to cram into this one life. And, um, yeah, I see a lot of older people that, wish that they could turn back the time also. Maybe yeah. they're, you know, baby boomers still working or they're about to retire 
And I see that with people that are about to retire, people from the military also. They were taking care of themselves physically as much as they had to, per se, but now they're on their own. No one's telling them what to do anymore. No one's prescribing that workout or giving you a test that you have to pass in order to stay in the military. Right. So are you going to go off the rails? Are you going to get? Are you going to be better than you were before? Because now you're doing it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, you have to maintain that. So again, you just brought in a bunch of things to talk about. Uh, the diet and your book goes extends. I'm going to hold this up again because I'll do this a couple of times and we'll pop it up on our website and we'll spend it all out too as well. But you talk a lot about food in there. And, and I can tell you, again, this is something that seems to be coming a little more to the forefront lately and people are becoming a little more aware of what goes into our food and all that. Um, but tell us, Tell us a little bit about the diet that you discovered at CrossFit, right? When yeah. you were, yeah, yeah. Can you talk, can yeah, you talk so about that? Starting CrossFit, um, I quickly realized that I needed to change my diet <laughs> because I needed to have enough energy to fuel myself through that diet. I also uh, would go to a meeting in the morning after working out from six to seven a.m. I'd arrive at the Pentagon and have a morning briefing every day that started at 8.30, and not every morning, but most mornings, there were plates or trays of sweets, donuts, muffins, you name it. Not really any fruit. Coffee, <laughs> um, not really any water either. Coffee and these plates of sweets. And I really started being, I just started paying attention more to what other people were doing, other people's actions. I wasn't necessarily judging them. I was just more observant because I had this change that had started um, within me and around me and people that I was working out with, they were eating differently, right? So I'd see these folks jamming two or three donuts into their mouth and I was just, just, you know, shocked by it. And I certainly did not want one because then it would have been like, I would have canceled out my yeah. entire workout that I just did. Like, yeah. what the heck did I just do that for? It was pointless. So I started being more mindful. I started being more observant of other people and their behaviors. I wanted, I, I needed and wanted more fuel to be more successful to not just lift heavier, but do some of these workouts in this new form of exercise that I wasn't used to. So I discovered a, a paleo diet, which is a cave, they, they call it the caveman diet. So it's really only um, your source of protein is meat. Um, you get nuts fruit, vegetables, and that's about it. You can't have grains, dairy, um, sugar processed foods, and things of that nature. A couple years after that, uh, Melissa Hartwig came out, co-created the Whole30 Diet, which is basically building off of paleo. So I discovered that through CrossFit. I started it a challenge for myself to go just paleo for 30 days. <laughs> wow. I did it with the gym. There was a, a round going on. And so I thought that's the best way to approach this is for accountability. Accountability, yep. Is, yeah, is that clearly I am not going to get support from people at work right. <laughs> because yeah. they're eating the donuts. And so I need to find some other support system. So I did this for 30 days. The changes were completely um, just like they were life changing life changing in my brain, to my stomach, to my gut, to my everything. 
Um, I instantly um, started sleeping better, falling asleep naturally. I had more energy when I woke up. Um, I didn't feel hungry all the time. Um, I sugar after I did the 30 days, if I into tried to reintroduce sugar, it just, it tasted, um, just foreign to gross. me. Almost. Yeah. Just yeah. gross. If you were to try to give me a sip of like a soda or something, not that I drank a lot of soda before, but the, it was just everything changed. My taste buds changed. Yeah. It was like you <laughs> would be repelled by it almost. Yeah. 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 And so, um, again, more intentional in going through that, going through that 30 days, you have to, you're reading labels and every single thing at a grocery store, you know, but the, the main thing is you shouldn't be buying. You quickly realize that the things that you should be eating shouldn't have any packaging or shouldn't have ingredients anyways. So you should be eating mostly from the outside of a grocery store. The one I have here is actually on the inside. Your outside of your grocery store, the aisles should be fruits, vegetables, things that are all natural. All the inside is like packaged, you know, cereals, chips and all that. You quickly realize that the stuff you're buying, you have to make yourself. It's healthy, it's fresh, and it doesn't need to take a lot of time if you learn how to meal prep. And so that also helped me um, just save more time in the morning by making a healthy dinner, cutting it in half because I was a single gal still, mm -hmm. um, cutting it in half. But even for those that have families, you can double it, you know, triple batch it. And then I just parsed it out and put it into containers. And nowadays you can buy these whole entire container meal kit setups yeah. on Amazon or wherever. But I did not buy food from the Pentagon, um, you know, food court anymore that every one of them, God love them, was like a Popeye's, a Subway, um, you know, I, the list goes on. Nothing was really healthy or fresh. So I brought my own food. I had to. It was the only way I could stay consistent. And it saved me money. I knew exactly what was going into my body. People around me that I worked with I were like, wow, you're more cogent in meetings. Not that I, you know, was horrible before, but just sharper. You're yeah. You're present. You're you're a better leader. You're you could be a better manager. Just all this junk kind of goes out the window because you're feeling good. <laughs> you are yeah. feeling really healthy because you've eliminated so much stuff that you probably didn't even realize you were putting in, and you're better for it. And moving on. I, um, I don't know if you plan on getting into the 80, 20 rule, but I have this 80, 20 yeah. rule. Yeah. About, uh, 80, 20 you're, I talk, I talk to my clients and I have a, a section in the book about think of your body as a yourself as a bank account. Okay? I have that written down here because <laughs> I love that. I love that you said that. Yes. So the food you're, so when I, let's go back when I, before I started, started CrossFit and all that. My bank account, I was definitely in um, crisis mode yeah. to where I was going into bankruptcy. Okay. I needed like um, debt consolidation to come in and help me. CrossFit was kind of that. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started uh, figuring out, you know, I needed to eat healthier, did the paleo diet, realized, oh my gosh, every time I'm eating something good, it's like building back up my bank account. So if you're starting out because for years you have been unhealthy, you have not really cared about what you're eating, only what tastes good, um, not counting calories, you're overweight, not working out, then your bank account is not looking good. You're in the red. The more good food, clean food you eat, that number, that, that level, if you will, starts to rise and go up. That way, you have reserves. Reserves for 
the opportunity to never deprive yourself. I don't right. want people to deprive themselves. If I want, I'm walking by a bakery and I'm traveling somewhere or even here at home and I see something and it looks so amazing and so delicious and I want it at that moment, I'm going to have it because yeah. because I can. If you have not worked out for 20 years, right, and all you've eaten is crap, you, I'm going to be real with you, you cannot afford to have that eclair sitting in that case in that window because you have not done the hard work within yourself, within yourself and within that bank account to yep. be able to take out that withdrawal because <laughs> you had enough of a deposit. So I do. I spent a long time trying to get myself back to where, uh, where I, where I can be. I have no guilt. If I want something, I eat it because I know that I'm putting in the time 80% of the time I'm eating well, I'm eating clean 20% of the time. That's all you need. Yeah. You're well the rest of the time. Enjoy your life. Do not deprive yourself. (laughs) Yep. And I think you talked about how you try to cleanse for a bit and that, uh, not not so much. But then you even bumped up to a to a ninety ten rule after that for a while, you know, because that that after the cleanse, the ninety ten seemed like you know Disneyland every day, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yes. and so and I like that too because it seems like it's something that can be maintained. And I would tell you, I don't go to those extremes. I am one of those people who was a hundred thousand percent burnt out for different reasons, but burnout is burnout, and it doesn't matter. You know, for me, it was coming from you know, trauma and tragedy and my life circumstances. And I just, when you're weakened like that, you make the poor decisions and you don't take care of yourself. And I was in the emergency room with health issues and I wasn't taking care of myself and I didn't care what I ate and all that. And when, whatever anybody's wake up call is going to be, you know, I had several, I didn't listen to at, at first either, but it was when I decided to do that and wake up just the small changes that I've made. I have not gone all in like you have. Uh, and I think I'm like slowly coming along that path, right? But everybody in their own pace, which is why I appreciated when you said, because it can be a little much. I'm telling from somebody on the other side, if you're looking at someone and it's like CrossFit, 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 I'm telling you right now, I am not a CrossFit like person, right? And so, but it's, for a lot of people, it's like, well, no, this is the only way. So the fact that you include those two things in there, you're like, look, CrossFit it was it for me, but it's not it for everybody. And then you're like, here's how you can find some alternatives. Maybe you don't go all in on this particular diet, but here's how you can take the small steps. So what you do, and I want everybody to pay close attention because whatever reason, if you're sitting here listening and you're thinking for whatever reason, okay, well, Lori did this, but... I'm not going to do that. And I can't do that. And I'm not going to be, she's going to take all those crappy excuses and just very politely, nicely explain why you can, like why they're non-existent, right? It's just, sometimes we are our own worst bully. We're that one saying, I'm going to, like, you're not going to go to the gym today, right? So I love that you include that. Can you talk a little bit about some of those smaller steps that people can take, um, you know, and what maybe some that are in your book, maybe some that aren't about like how somebody who's going to kind of moderately begin that process can go ahead and start that. So I want to bring up once again, the self-respect. If you keep that at your core and remember that as being accountable to yourself. So back to when that guy was trying to, you know, prevent my workout, I fought like hell because I promised myself that day 
that I was going to get that workout in. I was not going to break that promise to myself. And if you can kind of start from there, I know it might sound easy to do or maybe too hard to do. Don't let anything or anyone come in the way of it. Just like you wouldn't if you knew you had to go pick up your kid or your dog at the end of the day. If you didn't, they would be left there alone, right? Yeah. That's You are really held accountable to that. I really want you to think of cooking a healthy meal and, and or working out in the same way that yeah. like it is necessary and essential to you. So some easy ways are start with a routine. <laughs> You've got to build a routine and I'll give you quick, easy ways to do that. Not everybody may have the opportunity to work out first thing in the day, but um, and sometimes now I change, turn, change it around because I work out of my home office. So my schedules, I have more freedom before going to an office. I always had to work out at the beginning of the day. So I'm going to give that as the advice mm -hmm. to 98% of people because something always comes up right yes. during your day that will thwart your, you know, dinner plans, your workout plans, whatever. If you get it done the first thing of the day, I want you just not to check it off to get it done. It's going to make you feel amazing because yes. you work out at the beginning of the day. You have to probably wake up earlier to go to that workout. So please go to bed earlier. Get that sleep. Sleep is so essential. Oh, my gosh. That's, um, that's something that I really believe contributes to a lot of people not doing the things that they want to do. So I don't want to go full into sleep right now, right at this moment because yeah. I might go into that later. But sleep, if you get enough sleep, you're going to have more energy to wake up to go to that workout. You're going to have the energy to make that good breakfast after you go to the gym. You're going to um, feel more rested and focused throughout the day. Um, hold yourself accountable by getting a buddy. Uh, yeah. I go to, I'm a CrossFit coach now, but for seven years before that, when I was just going to a gym, I pay somebody <laughs> to coach me yeah. in the gym because I need that. I know my personality. I know my style. I try going to the gym with my own workout maybe and working out by myself. It doesn't work for me. Nope. I need someone telling me what to do. And number one, I love the community. I love the people around me. We're pushing each other, but we're also holding each other accountable. When I leave, I'm like, I'll see you tomorrow at six, right? And they're like, yep, see you at six. If I don't go, I'm not only letting down that person, that man or woman that I said that mm -hmm. to, because also my word to me is everything, but I'm also letting down myself, right? That self-respect yeah. of, oh, I just didn't go. Who did you let down? Two right. people or three. Right. So get a count, get a buddy, do something together. Um, the other thing I would, it, that I would mention is um, start, start small. Again, bringing up the CrossFit. No, CrossFit is not for everybody. Um, I did it as a challenge to myself. I didn't think that I could do it either. I do think everybody could do it. Um, there's, we have a uh, 45 people at our gym. There's 65 and older who do it just Love for it. prevention yeah. and things like that. It's amazing, yep. but you can start out small. I even have a program where you can do these workouts from your, from, from your home on the floor, you know, using mats and free weights, very light weights, or you can do it from your office. You could do it from a hotel room. If there's not even a gym in the hotel, there are so many different things that you can do to start small. It doesn't have to be even going and joining a gym. Maybe that is a first step for you because you need that push, right. but maybe it's walking with a neighbor. 
Maybe it's not letting your dog out in the backyard and taking your dog on a walk instead. I'm serious. Craziness. That's crazy so, thought. Right? Yeah. I know. Yep. Huge. Something um, that I was I was trying to gently nudge my fiance into mm-hmm. amping up his working out recently. Something that we started doing that turned out to be wonderful for the three of us, me, him, our dog. Every single day we go on a walk together. Um, It doesn't have to be for more than like 20, 25 minutes, but we go on a walk. It's our chance to, as a couple, connect with one another. It's our chance to be with our dog. He definitely like looks up and he smiles all the Uh time because we're together, but it's a way of exercise. We go on like a speed walk and we do it together. Maybe it's holding each other accountable. I'm, I'm holding him accountable, but it's something we're doing together. Um, something else you could start is meal planning for yourself. Um, that doesn't have to be too difficult. And that is making a good meal for yourself, your family the night before and purposely making enough that you have leftovers. Leftovers used to be like a word people used to make fun of back in the day. Now I love them. Yeah. Cool to bring your, your lunch to work. (laughs) It is, um, cool to be walking in a city and see, seeing a guy or gal, like, whip out their, you know, prepared food out of their bag and sit down anywhere and just start eating. It's awesome. And they know what they're eating. They're intentional with what they're eating and it might've cost them less money, but doing that for yourself and it will save you time in the morning. So you're not like, what am I going to do for lunch? And then you don't have to go get fast food or takeout later because you brought something. And you're in a hurry. Yep. You're in a hurry. Um, yeah, just having, I just want to go back to all this one more and that's the morning time. I love the morning time. I get up early. Yeah, me too. Uh, I can't even sleep in on the weekends anymore. I, I don't set an alarm, but I still always wake up early because I want to get up and like, live my life yeah. and get going. Yep. And so getting up early. Okay. I talked about this. I think you remember at the conference about what is the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning? Everybody, usually, I don't want to say everybody, but 90, probably 90% of people wake up and they get this thing out and they don't call anyone, but they start getting on their phones. Right. They check before they even maybe say good morning to their partner or spouse or whatever next to them and say good morning. Okay. I have been caught doing this and it has been pointed out to me and that's why I'm bringing it up is be intentional with your morning. The phone hopefully isn't even in your bedroom and maybe do a meditation, maybe journal, maybe read like four pages or a chapter of a book. Maybe you fall asleep at night and you can't read at night, but you have been dying to read a book for pleasure. Do it in the morning. I don't have time for that. I have to, you might tell yourself, right? I have to get up, get my kids going. If you get up just a little bit early, have that time for yourself. So you're not just picking up your phone and jumping out of bed, sometimes not even making it and going and starting your day. Wake up, be intentional. This is what I'm going to do today. Maybe you look at your phone at the end to go over your calendar again, but you already know because you looked at it the day before. You already have your meal planned out. You know if you're going to dinner with a client or whatever later. Yep. Hopefully, you have you know the restaurant. You've looked at the menu beforehand. You know if there's stuff that you can eat. You're going to you know try to have a plan for yourself. If you're put in these situations where you're not eating at home, these are all just little tips yep. and tools. That I in my little book. things you could do to just be mindful overall and kind of take the front seat, like lead, lead your own self to success there. So I want to talk quickly, just a couple quick questions before we, we got to go. I want to talk 
you mentioned a little bit there about a program that you offer that you can uh, do some exercises right in your home. Can you tell us about, about the programs you offer? So I have a six-week program that I offer consecutively throughout the year, and I usually don't take more than 25 clients at a time, and it's called Ready, Set, Strong, and it is a program designed for go-getters, type A, busy working professionals, moms, students, even anyone that feels they are too busy to start this journey, take control of your life. So for six weeks, I give you... Um, uh, recipes for three meals a day. They're all on the program and it's, it's, it's a paleo whole 30. So you are doing a challenge, a reset with yourself, but it's for six weeks and it also goes over, um, fitness. It goes over diet and mentality and mentality is all of the things that we need help with as far as time management, our sleep, our stress management, and how we can incorporate that into taking our care of ourselves, not just in the gym and in our kitchen or at a restaurant, but everything else that contributes to all of that. Um, how we're really, really focusing and respecting ourselves with self-care. Perfect. So I offer that for $199 for six weeks. Sign up at my uh, website if you're interested or you know, call me. Um, my number's up there too, or email me with any questions, but I've had hundreds of men and women going through this program who, um, they're busy on the road, but they're able to do the workouts. Like I said, from a hotel room. So important. Office, yes. That's or like anywhere. There's no excuse. That's, that's huge. Like, that's, that's huge cool. to be able to no take excuses. it on the go. So what is your website where people can find that? So it's www.laurieawatkins.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E. A-W-A-T-K-I-N-S.com. Great. And there are, and you're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Oh, yes. All those Instagram, things. Instagram, Twitter, everything with the same, uh, with the same handles. Same so handles. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I'm also going to throw out there quickly is if anybody is interested in this and wants to go ahead, leave a comment on this podcast, wherever you, you listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your platform is, leave a comment and then message us info at americansnippets.com. Tell us what you love about it. We'll go ahead and send the first three people to do that. We'll get you a copy of, of Lori's book and we'll send it right out to you. But they have to leave the podcast review on, you know, on American Snippets so we can see it, screen shoot it and then take it, uh, you know, email us info at American Snippets and I will get you Lori's book. I always like to say I, I know people get engaged with the guests and their stories and all that, but. One of the things I keep harping on, I'm like, look, you can be inspired all you want, but you know, inspiration without action is entertainment. I'm always screaming that. I'm like, no one's here to entertain you. So I want people to take that into action. So turn it. So I want them when they feel drawn to a guest or the story or the message, I want them to follow up with that guest and follow up on that guest story. So um, I'm not going to just bark at them. I'm going to help them do it. Right. So I'll go ahead and get a copy of that book and send it to the first three people who do that as well and let us know what you like from it. So I see you're wearing a West Point shirt and I know we wanted to get around to that. West Point is about 30 minutes from where we are. I'm well versed in it and it's gorgeous up there. What's your West Point tie? So I was a um, guest lecturer at West Point on two different occasions <clears throat> going to teach about um, winning strategies in politics, American politics and how um, they're, they're taking American government classes there and how how important our government is, how the structure is, but also explaining to them kind of some of the ins and outs of, of, of the Department of Defense even and how it works and how that um, 
ties down and trickles down into decisions that are made for the school in which they attend, the university, and how opportunities for them once they're either after they come out of the military, what contracting looks like and, you know, government contracting and things like that. But it was really focused on American politics and how important your civic duty is and how our country can be shaped through um, campaigns that are won and lost. And, yeah, they were pretty – the kids are, are extremely intelligent and smart, and, and I just love my experience there. But yesterday, um, over the weekend, there was a football game that was played, yeah. <laughs> uh, West Point against Oklahoma. And – they got a standing ovation as they left the field and they were beat um, by Oklahoma. And there was a headline today on a pretty large running newspaper that's the headline was that the West Point team, even though they were defeated, they left the locker room spotless. Mm-hmm. And I say that because not just in sports, but sometimes we hear of people that have or groups that have poor behavior or bad behavior after something happens that they don't necessarily agree with. Right or they're angry and let their emotions get the best of them. Not these guys. Um, they showed extreme leadership and just uh, their character by what they did. So shout out to them. It's a great university. <laughs> Love the military. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's but no easy you. life there. It's no easy life there either. So no, one quick thing, yeah. Barb, uh, in my book, I also interviewed a West Point uh, student. Yes. Um, he... <laughs> He, he goes through his account of being a student and being prescribed things to eat, right? Given right. Yeah, going to the mess and food is available and it's given, literally given to you. It's your choice of whether you want to eat it or how much you want to eat it. But even him and a lot of his classmates would get um, rice steamers and go back to their dorm rooms and make their own salmon and rice because they did not feel right. that... Um, you know, the food that they wanted to eat that made them healthier and feel better was being served 100% of the time down at the mess. And so they would cook their own food. It wasn't a slam on the school. We can all do better. Right. But it just showed that if you are dedicated, if you are focused, and if you yep. have determination and self-respect for yourself, it doesn't matter your situation. You could be in a dorm room with a little, you know, single burner. You're right. going to make sure you're eating well and healthy and feeling good. Yeah, you so. can usually find a way. Usually find a way. You had um, a really big, diverse range of people in this book. Did you know all of those people in advance or did you reach out to them specifically for that book? I did know all of them in advance. I built better and stronger relationships through um, interviewing them. And a couple of the people, one in particular, uh, so uh, Bill Nye, the science guy I interviewed, he's in the book, but one, man, <laughs> but one man in particular who, Jose Andres, he is blowing up right now across the world and more people know his name because of the good things that he's doing. And I'll share really quickly, I know we're running out of time, but when I interviewed him, I came back and I called my fiance and he's like, how did it go? And I said... I didn't even, I haven't even told him this. I said, I want to work for him. And he's like, what? He's like, you went there to interview him. I said, no, you don't understand. Since meeting Barack Obama and working for him, I've never met anyone else in my life who I am just, I admire so much. And I am in awe of the human being that he is and the good that he has done for so many people and the heart that he has. 
Um, and that was where my comment, my statement came from is that, yeah, I would, I would drop everything to go help this guy because I believe in the things that he's doing. And so, yeah, he just had a book that came out too. We fed an island. He fed over 2 million meals to people in Puerto Rico who, um, it's about respect. People deserve good food, not just an MRE. Right. Um, that is not a good, a good meal, a healthy meal, even if it's just rice and beans, but it's a hot meal Mm -hmm. when people are in crisis. When they are feeling like nobody cares about them, that they're, you know, at the bottom of the bottom, hopeless, food and a hot meal can usually lift goes somebody a long up. way. It goes yeah. a long way. So it does. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. So here at American Snippets, we talk a lot about the American dream. It's a large reason why we started this because we saw a trend out there in the media and the news trying to convince everybody the American dream is just a farce, a fallacy, over and dead, not available to you. So we're going for ours. We love the way that you've gone for yours several times, just leaping from one path to the next, even without a secure place to land, you just went for it anyway. We love that entrepreneurial kind of pioneer spirit. But I'd like to ask you, uh, what does the concept, what is the American dream to you? What does that mean to you? Wow, that's a great question. (laughs) The American dream to me is whether you are born here or not, that you can come to this country and you can make it. And what making it (laughs) means is different to every person, Mm -hmm. I believe, in my opinion. But uh, making it in that you can become successful, you can do good, and there are people and there are resources there to help you and support you. We have an incredible country (laughs) that we live in where it doesn't have to be just competition all the time. There are so many people that just want to help you. You just have to ask them. So if somebody sees something good in somebody else and they want to help them achieve um, that dream, that goal, because it's to do good, that's what I believe the American dream is, is is having a goal, having a having a dream to do good, and whether you come come out of that, you know, with a group of people helping you or with one person, you did it. You didn't do it alone. Love it. You did it with help. Love it. All right, last question: If we could call up one person today, if you could call up one person today that you've never met, uh, one person in the entire world that is still living, you've never met, and you want to spend the afternoon with, who would that be? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. All right. She's, she's on my list. I want to, I will actually want to interview her. So <laughs> I feel yeah. like, and a lot of people will, I'll, I'll ask this question and they name that name. They're like, Oh, I always wanted to do it. And I'm, I'm always like, so in awe uh, that I, cause I feel like everybody we've interviewed and you're no exception by any means. I feel like you can make that happen. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, I, take every, all of your messages, apply them to that goal. And that's what I'd love. I would love to see everybody who names these people and says, oh, wow, I'd really love to. And, you know, for me, I look at our guests, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I got to interview you, you know, so that's awesome. Like, so if I get you on our show or on our podcast, I feel like you could get, you know, anybody that you want to. So I'm going to task you with that and challenge you with that. Uh, you know, do what you have to do to make it happen. And if we can, we'll shout her out too. And we'll, we'll, um, uh, 
gently stalk too to see if we can help make that happen. Lori, thank you so, so much for being with us today, for sharing your message. I love the message. I think health and wellness uh, is super important. I love how you managed to destigmatize the, you know, the very real problem of burnout that so many of us are experiencing because with all these opportunities comes the increased effort to take to it and people are just burning out left and right, uh, you know, and following easy pursuits and all that. So I love that you were able to break that down. I would highly encourage everybody to go get a copy of this book, Go From Stress to Strong. Once again, if you want to leave a podcast review on whatever platform you're listening to this on or on our American Snippets website as well, and then take a screenshot, email it to me, info at americansnippets.com. I will send a copy of Lori's book to the first three, person, first three people who do that. So thank you so much, Lori. Tell us one more time what your website is for somebody trying to catch it one more time. Sure. It's Lori A. Watkins. That's L-A-U-R-I-E-A-W-A-T-K-I-N-S.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barb. Thanks, American Snippets. Yay. Hey, what's up, everyone? Dave Brown here again. Just want to personally thank you for uh, listening in on today's show. We'd also like to personally thank Lori A. Watkins for joining us today and being on the show. Uh, if you got some value out of today's episode, please let us know uh, what you thought about uh, the show, uh, this interview. Uh, you can do that on social media. Make sure you tag us at American Snippets. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, again, at American Snippets. Um, if you want to uh, connect further with Lori, um, remember, we, we do a full article on every one of our guests. So you can read the full article we did on Lori and her story. You can learn how to get her book, uh, follow her on social media, visit her website, so on and so forth. You can do all of those things at americansnippets.com forward slash zero six six. Again, thanks so much for listening in today. Uh, remember, don't just be inspired by our guests, but let their stories propel you into action in your own life. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week. Thank you.